Welcome, everybody, wherever you are. Happy Easter. Happy Passover. Happy Ramadan. As you know, our Sunday services are temporarily suspended. The good news is the class has resumed online. And if you're interested in taking the next class online, it will begin May 6th. Wednesday from 7 o'clock to 8.30 p.m. You'll be able to register on our website when I can give you more details. I trust that you are all well and taking good care of yourselves at home. I will continue to record a new talk each Sunday that will be available via podcast and on our website. My intention is always for you to feel empowered, stronger, and uplifted. An extra dose of faith will boost your immune system during this challenging time. There is social and physical distancing, but there is no spiritual distance ever between us. We are always one. A reminder of what an important time this is to practice our practice. Daily meditation, as you know, is a great tool to keep us centered, to keep us calm, and in the present moment. Your generosity and your continued financial support of our spiritual community, of which you all are a very important part, is deeply appreciated. Together we will fulfill our organizational expenses, as well as continue to help others during this, I guess we can just call it a challenging time. But because of your giving, We will continue to reach far and wide, making the world a better place, spirit to spirit. Please browse around our website. Our website is www.somspiritualcenterla.org. You can listen to meditations and Sunday talks, past and present. Join the Unexpected Income Program. Send in a prayer request. And while you're there, please go ahead and like us on Facebook. You can also donate with a credit card through PayPal from our website or from the weekly email blast that we send. Again, our website is www.somspiritualcenterla.org. To donate by check, our mailing address is 14431 Ventura Boulevard, Number 586, Sherman Oaks, California, 91423. I love getting your emails and hearing how you're doing and what you're doing during this situation. So let me give you my email address again. It's faithfilled2 at aol.com. That's F as in Frank, A-I-T-H, F as in Frank, I-L-L-E-D as in David, the number two at aol.com. Again, please email me. I will get back to you and I love getting your emails. This Easter Sunday, a portion of your generous giving is going to Easter Seals to help them with the significant impact the COVID-19 outbreak is having on their ability to meet the increasing needs of individuals with disabilities due to the fact that many of their fundraising events nationwide, which help support critical home and community-based services, have all been canceled. 
So that is where a portion of your generosity will go this Sunday. Okay, if you would please sit back, relax, or stand or run, whatever it is you may be doing. But just for a moment, if you could just honor the quietness and join me in the opening treatment. There's only one mind, one power, and one life. That is the mind, the power, and the life of God, infinite good. We are that mind, that power, and that life. God is the infinite source of intelligence, wisdom, and creative power within each one of us. As we sense this divine power, our expression of it increases. This presence surrounds us with love and grace, resurrecting us to a new way of life, freeing us from the past. We are open and receptive to the truth. We're fully present, living in the kingdom of awareness. And we let wisdom reveal to us new perceptions, new possibilities for growth and for change without any judgment. We live in a perfect world, governed by order and directed by divine love. The universe is in perfect balance, and so are we. It sustains us because we are what it is. Its goodness is all around us. Far greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. The truth sets us free to be in holy places where there is understanding, acceptance, and unity. The divine power of love has a natural energy to eliminate any opposition, any discord or negativity. It is the master teacher of unconditional acceptance. We accept right here and right now, just as Jesus said, I am the resurrection and the life. All is well, and so it is. The monthly theme for April is I am your instrument. Today's title is Where There is Hatred, Let Me Sow Love. We're exploring that beautiful prayer known as the Prayer of St. Francis. Whether we come from a Catholic background, a Jewish background, a Muslim background, a Buddhist background, or no religious background whatsoever, this prayer has a message for all of us. A message that I think is particularly important for us at this time in the history of the evolution of humankind and what we're all going through as humans. But just so we're all on the same page, I want to recite it. Lord, make me an instrument of thy peace. Where there's hatred, let me sow love. Where there is injury, pardon. Where there's doubt, faith. Where there's despair, hope. Where there's darkness, light. Where there's sadness, joy. O Divine Master, grant that I may not so much seek to be consoled as to console, to be understood as to understand. To be loved as to loved. To be loved as to love. For it is in giving that we receive. It is in pardoning that we are pardoned. It is in dying to self that we are born to eternal life. 
Each week we're exploring and embodying a line or two from the first half of this prayer. Last week we looked at the first line, Lord, make me an instrument of thy peace. And I gave you all an assignment to find a way to be an instrument for peace at least three times a day. I'm knowing you found many more ways and you will continue to do so. Today we'll explore the second line in the prayer, where there's hatred, let me sow love. Traditionally, the Easter story is about suffering. It's about death, rebirth, renewal, and coming together in new life. We are kind of experiencing that in real time right now, aren't we? Well, certainly we're seeing suffering on all levels, physically. There are people who are ill, millions who are out of work, and many going through great financial losses and hardship. We're each experiencing loss on many levels. And aren't we seeing death? Yes, we're seeing a lot of people dying from this virus. We've watched or listened to their loved ones cry because they couldn't be with them during the illness to comfort them. And then some who couldn't say goodbye when they were passing away. And then we can look at the rebirth, the new life coming together. We've seen people's lives transform. Perhaps your own lives are transforming. We've seen people doing things for others we've never seen before showing such respect for the order and the guidelines that have been put into place, the compassion and hard work of our healthcare professionals, our first responders, and a coming together regardless of political party or race or background or differences of all kinds of people. To me, we're going through a sort of forced crucifixion It's a generous one because no one's being left out. We are all in this one together. I'm reminded of Romans 6, verse 11. So you should consider yourselves dead to sin and able to live for the glory of God through Christ Jesus. And it goes on to say that sin, which is limitation and smallness, is no longer your master that you are now free by God's grace. The Easter lesson is to praise and not condemn the self or others, to love the self more. The worst crucifixion is self-crucifixion. Easter is a celebration of the acceptance of truth and light, a time to release old concepts of ourselves so that we will be ready to rise in spiritual consciousness and then we'll be free to move into a level of absolute peace and purity and innocence and holiness. Our Easter, our Passover, is our celebration of freedom from the bondage of fear, from the belief in limitation and separation. Kind of a time to take back custody of ourselves, to maybe ask some hard questions to yourselves. 
Do I have to fill every moment in my life with doing something? Am I only enough in my eyes when I'm being productive rather than accepting that just being is maybe productive enough for right now? Do yourselves a favor and stop trying to make sense of this. Instead, let yourself sink. And I mean sink in a surrendering way into the present moment and just be there in the sacredness of your own unknowingness. Easter represents new life, new beginnings. It doesn't tell us beforehand what that might look like or how the changes are necessarily going to take place. Dr. Holmes, the founder of Science of Mind, was asked toward the end of his life here on earth a question. And it was asked of him, if you had it to do over again, would you change anything about this teaching? And specifically about what you wrote in the Science of Mind textbook. And his answer was, yes, I would have changed something. I would have focused less on the law and more on love. Why would he have said that? Now, he answered this question in two very powerful brief sentences in the Science of Mind textbook on page 298. And here's what he said. Love is the grandest healing and drawing power on earth. It's the very reason for our being. Love is at the very root of our nature. Our being requires love. We cannot exist without it. Love is a central theme to all spiritual paths. A central theme to all spiritual paths. Where there is hatred, let me sow love. Here's a list of paraphrases from various spiritual belief systems. Hinduism. One can best worship the Lord through love. Buddhism, let a man cultivate toward the whole world a heart of love. Judaism, thou shalt Lord thy God with all heart and thy neighbor as thyself. Christianity, God is love and he that abideth in love abideth in God, and God abideth in him. Science of mind, in arms which are all-inclusive, divine love encompasses everything. It is our role as spiritual beings to sow love wherever we go, particularly where there appears to be hatred, Wayne Dyer has an interesting perspective of hatred in his book, There's a Spiritual Solution to Every Problem. First, he sets the premise. You can see contending forces of good and evil, love and hatred everywhere. And many believe that these two opposing forces in the world are God versus the devil. 
I spent considerable time in this book attempting to disavow such a preposterous notion. How is it possible for both God and the devil to exist if there's only one creator and one power in the universe? It is not. There's only God, and God is only love. For me, the truth about hatred is that hate is love. That's right. I perceive hate as love energy, which is the only energy there is, going in the opposite direction. All hatred can be transcended by loving because love really is all there is. The feeling and expression of hate simply must be reversed to head in the opposite direction. Now, said in another way, we're always expressing either love or the barriers to love. The sacred scripture of the Buddhist tradition reminds us that hating ceases by loving, not by hating. And this is why St. Francis asked God for the ability to bring love to the presence of hatred and thus remove the illusion that hate exists. Martin Luther King said, Gandhi resisted evil with as much vigor and power as the violent resistor, but he resisted it with love instead of hate. True pacifism is not unrealistic submission to evil power. It's rather a courageous confrontation of evil by the power of love. According to St. Francis and many other great mystics, our mission is to sow love wherever there is anything that doesn't look like love. We must begin with self-love. I suggest the place to start is right inside. If you have places within your heart where hatred for yourself resides, it's incumbent upon you to let love replace this hatred as well. Forgiveness is the grace that does that. You may be thinking, well, if she only knew how dark it was inside of me, how many things I've done wrong or how many times I've messed up or how bad I really am, she wouldn't be saying this. I remind you the worst crucifixion is self-crucifixion and you don't need to ask me how I know. This is interesting. St. Francis, the man who bore the stigmata of Christ, the man who tamed wild animals with his holy presence, the man who miraculously healed the sick and who preached unconditional love, and the man who was elevated to sainthood was not always so. In fact, he grew up wealthy and completely indulgent. Later in his life, he told a friend, I have done and been everything you can think of that is abhorrent and unholy. If it's true of St. Francis, surely you can take a look at all of your unholy actions and thoughts and recognize the need to let it go. And then apply radical forgiveness to yourself and replace that self-hatred with self-love. All of that is in the past. It's over. No need to spend any time on self-hatred. 
hate is loving or hate is love going in the wrong direction. You can move your thoughts in the direction of love instead. Radical self-forgiveness is a means to accomplish this reversal. I did a talk on this in March based on the book by Colin Tipping, Radical Forgiveness. And he defined radical forgiveness for us, saying this, everything occurs in our lives so that we might have an opportunity to awaken to our spiritual truth and live from our divine nature, which is just another way of saying everything happens for a reason. And that reason is always there to support us. Nothing happens by chance or accident. All your errors of the past, mistaken judgment, and self-perceived flaws occurred because they had to. You needed to be there in that darkness in order to be able to transcend it. I agree with Wayne Dyer about focusing on one's flaws. He has an interesting attitude about it, and he wrote this. He said, this is an insult to God, plain and simple. You're a divine piece of God, flawless, since God is good, and all that is created of and by God is also good. There are no mistakes and no flaws. I like that. Now, Ernest Holmes the Science of Mind textbook on page 295 said, we should definitely daily declare the truth about ourselves, realizing that we are reflecting our statements into consciousness and that they will be operated upon by it. This is called, in mysticism, high invocation, invoking the divine mind, implanting within it seeds of thought relative to oneself. And this is why some of the teachers of olden times used to instruct their pupils to cross their hands over their chests and say, wonderful, wonderful, wonderful me. Definitely teaching them that as they mentally held themselves, so they would be held. Now you can do this exercise all day long if you want. There's plenty of time now. Cross your hands across your chest, over your heart if you choose to, and just say over and over again, wonderful, wonderful, wonderful me. Wonderful, wonderful, wonderful me. That would be a great mantra and also a wonderful way to meditate. You are connected eternally to God. You are all a divine creation, and you do not need to reject your divinity in any way any longer. As a spiritual being, your worthiness is a given. Like Dyer said, you're a piece of God. Remind yourself of this truth whenever you resort to any form of self-hatred, self-judgment, self-condemnation. Train yourself to start shifting your perception of yourself, and you'll sow love in your energy field, which can then flow out to others. Let's talk about loving others. This is another important part of this process. Jesus said that you are to love God first and love your neighbor as yourself. I remind you, not your neighbor more than yourself. But this scripture points out to the, 
the this scripture points to the importance of expressing love in our life, always directed by the wisdom of spirit. Page 459 of the Science of Mind textbook, Ernest Holmes comments on this particular passage, and he wrote, To love God alone is not enough, for this would exclude our fellow man. To love our fellow man alone is not sufficient, for this would be too limited a concept of God. When we realize that God and we are one and not two, we shall love both. We shall love one another as expressions of God and then God as the life principle in all. What do we learn when we're faced with people who appear to be operating from the flow of love in the opposite direction or who are expressing all the barriers to love? Dyer suggests again that hatred comes from those who feel. Wayne Dyer suggests that hatred comes from those who feel hated in some way. There are two ways you can help to change that feeling. One, by letting people with hateful behavior see that you personally have only love for them. And two, by your seeing through the behavior to the truth. We're either, we are either expressing love or the barriers to love. You may be thinking that all of this love stuff seems too theoretical, maybe too theological to actually apply when you're in an encounter with someone who's directing hate your way. Your simple recognition of hatred being a form of misdirected love and a reflection that a person feels unloved is enough to disempower and release hatred. When we sow love in the face of hatred, hatred can't survive. Just like when we turn on the light, darkness cannot survive. It's just not possible. God is love. Love is God. And you are that love which is God. This week, I know you have plenty of time on your hands. I invite you to find at least three ways, not limited to, to sow love for yourself and for others wherever you go. Here's the good news. Hatred can never override love because it's the essence of our being. Love is the essence of our being. Our part and I'm going to say, especially at this time, is to keep before us these words of Dr. Holmes. Love is the very energy of our existence, for each of us has emerged out of Spirit's divine love. Thank you. That is the end of today's Easter lesson. And talk where there's hatred, let me sow love. Now I ask that you join me in the closing treatment. Take a couple of deep breaths. Let's include the world, all beings everywhere. Let's embrace them with our love, with our compassion, with our understanding. And let's see them established in safety. We see them well 
know that they are cradled in love. We also know that this too shall pass. Our healing, personally, is everyone's healing, personally and collectively. The resurrection reminds us that God makes all things new. We can make all things new. New life is being breathed into us. Our hearts are renewed. Our minds and our lives are being refreshed and transformed. We're safe with God. Shine your light through us so we can make a difference. So we can make the world a little better. As we walk in grace and resist the temptation to engage in thinking that spreads disorder, separation, or condemnation of the self or others, We're reminded we are children of God, loved and cherished by Thee, by the Almighty. Abundantly, there is life, eternal life. We celebrate victory in the face of an appearance of defeat. And then we resurrect our faith. Where there's hatred, let us sow love. Amen. And so it is. Have a beautiful Easter and be the light of your life. Until next time.